In this JMD shortcast, Dr. Ava Hoytemer van Konijnenberg discusses her work, Isolated Neurological Presentations of Mevalonate Kinase Deficiency, published in November 2022. It all started when Dr. Esme Ausoren referred a patient whom she newly diagnosed with mevalonate kinase deficiency, a recessive metabolic disorder caused by variants in the MVK gene, resulting in a deficiency of the enzyme mevalonate kinase, which is part of the isoprenoid synthesis pathway, which includes cholesterol synthesis. Dr. Ausoren had referred the patient to Professor Joost Frenkel, a pediatrician specialized in auto-inflammatory diseases working in Utrecht. And this patient was a three-year-old girl who underwent metabolic screening because of motor delay, ataxia, and a brain MRI showing cerebellar atrophy. And the metabolic screening had shown very high urinary mevalonic acid excretion, leading to the diagnosis, which was genetically confirmed later. And when we saw the patient, we saw a girl who was looking well, indeed with a motor delay and ataxia, which are known features of mevalonate kinase deficiency. But what was unexpected was that she did not experience auto-inflammatory symptoms. And upon asking, parents told us that while she was ill every now and then, she never experienced episodic or prolonged fever or fever of unknown origin. And that is unusual because classically, mevalonate kinase deficiency is described as a spectrum with only autoinflammation on the milder side of the spectrum, and this is sometimes called hyper IgD syndrome, and autoinflammation plus neurological symptoms on the more severe end of the spectrum. And during our next visit, parents asked me about this, and they told me that when they googled mevalonate kinase deficiency, they always read about recurrent fevers which is not what they saw in their daughter. And they were very interested to know more about patients similar to their daughter. And we did not personally know similar patients, so I went looking in the literature. And while the large majority of reported mevalonate kinase deficient patients does experience autoinflammation after some digging, I did find several other patients with neurological symptoms and no autoinflammation. I summarized these patients and discussed them with my supervisor, metabolic pediatrician, Dr. Peter van Hasselt, who said, well, interesting, but why is this? And I did not know the answer, so I went looking for an explanation in the literature. And uh, I still don't know the answer, unfortunately, but we do have some ideas. First, we thought about the mechanism of symptoms of mevalonate kinase deficiency. Autoinflammation is driven by defective prenylation due to downstream reduced isoprenoid synthesis. And this causes reduced inhibition of the inflammasome, which ultimately leads to excessive interleukin-1 secretion, which is a potent pro-inflammatory cytokine. And although the exact pathophysiological mechanism of neurological manifestations of mevalonate kinase deficiency is unknown, it is proposed that it's a combination of three things. First, we think downstream prenylation defects cause central nerve inflammation and neurodegeneration. Second, shortage of cholesterol causes myelination defects and neuronal impairments. And third, upstream accumulation of mevalonic acid may also be toxic for the brain. So because inflammation is thought to be an important part of the cause of neurological symptoms, a patient with only neurological symptoms and no detectable autoinflammation does not fit the clinical vignette and seems counterintuitive. 
And we thought that maybe the inflammatory symptoms arise later in life. And while this is, of course, technically possible, periodic fever episodes in mevalonate kinase deficiency usually start very young and lessen with age. So it's not super likely. And then we considered a genotype-phenotype correlation. And interestingly, we found four patients in the literature with the same genotype as our patient, a specific combination of two missense variants, histidine to proline on position 20 and alanine to threonine on position 334. And for these patients, inflammation was either not reported or it was a very minor symptom at most. So we think there might be a genotype-phenotype correlation here. And it may also be that the differences in inflammatory symptoms between mevalonate kinase deficient patients could be explained by the influence of other genes, so-called second hit or modifier genes, in addition to the MVK variants. And this was recently shown in a study of two siblings with mevalonate kinase deficiency who had the same genotype but a radically different phenotype. And finally, we also think that it's probable that mevalonate kinase deficient patients without autoinflammation are underrecognized and thus unreported in the literature, because physicians may not think to test for mevalonate kinase deficiency in patients with neurological symptoms only. And of course, we also welcome any other ideas. I recently saw our patient again, who is doing relatively well given her symptoms. And unfortunately, at this point, we have no treatment for these neurological symptoms. Neurological improvement after stem cell transplant has been reported, only anecdotally, but with significant transplantation-related morbidity and mortality. Autoinflammatory symptoms, on the other hand, can be successfully treated with interleukin-1 blocking therapy. In conclusion, we describe a patient with mevalonate kinase deficiency with severe neurological symptoms but without autoinflammation, and we found several similar patients in the literature. And although rare, it might be more common than expected, and it seems relevant to consider mevalonate kinase deficiency in patients with motor delay and ataxia, even if there are no inflammatory symptoms. Finally, we want to thank our patient and her parents for asking very good questions. And if you want to read more about this, you can go to the GIMD website. 